Welcome to Out of the Blank. to another episode of out of the blank podcast bill bill kept me waiting smith yes well did i call it about the about dog that. did i call it about the dog as soon as no, i sent no, the email so, as soon as i sent it i was like he's probably still taking his dog out no well so we got hit hold on here where are you at oh what's going on here you're Technical such a difficulty boomer I am. No, no, no. Boomer. No, not a boomer. Yes, I'm are. not a boomer. What's older than a boomer? Somebody who I fought in World War II. All right. There we go. Um, no, dude, last week. No, this week, actually, we must have got like two feet of snow, literally like within a day. We got two feet of snow. And then last night it snowed another four or five inches. So my dog is the best dog in the world, but she's a Belgian Malinois, which is half the size of a German shepherd. The snow is over her head. So <laughs> I cleared out, I cleared out this little like five foot by five foot kind of circle for her, but she like wouldn't take a dump there. So I'm like, come on. So I made it a little bigger and she finally went, but she was like holding it in because she just hates the, this weather. But we've, nonetheless, we've had like two snowstorms, but this is pre-recorded. So by the time this is released, we might actually have four. I, I don't know. We got climate change on. doesn't exist. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, well, I it definitely yeah. does. It definitely does. I, I think that the earth kind of ebbs and flows with things. I get suspicious when people that are putting out a certain agenda or a certain point of view will tell the mass of people one thing. And then for example, they'll go buy a house right on the uh, beaches of the Atlantic ocean. To me, that's one of those things where I just kind of got to sit back and think like, Hmm, if, if uh, you know, if the Obamas are pushing climate change and they're concerned about those kind of things, why are they going to buy a, a $15 million mansion in uh, Martha's Vineyard. I don't know. So I don't, I just wonder that kind of stuff. Complain about it with more cement walls around them. I don't know. I mean, are you, are you pointing, are you pointing at the fact that anytime there's ever any type of like idea about climate change, it's like a doom disaster scenario? Well, all I can say is that, uh, you know, since I, I'm a, what's a post boomer generation. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, that's when, uh, like in the late 80s, early 90s, the uh, advent of Earth Day, you know, all, the, the consciousness of being good stewards of the Earth, which I wholeheartedly agree with. You know, we got this planet, we need to be good stewards, and we need to make good decisions about things. But I believe that when you take into the whole climate, uh, I'll word a controversy, there's a lot of countries that aren't being held to account, just like America, for example. Like I know China uh, and India, for example, they make more pollution that 
allegedly hurts the climate of the earth in a day than the United States does in a year. And there isn't talks or there isn't uh, an accountability that is being lended to those countries or to those governmental systems. It just makes me wonder. And I'm, I, you know, I, you can follow the science and I think it's kind of here, it's kind of there. I'm, that's not my area of expertise. But, you know, there was, uh, <laughs> when I was in, a, I think I was a senior in high school, uh, Kevin Costner's Waterworld movie came out, which I actually think is a decent movie. But the whole thing is that, you know, the polar ice caps melt and then we're going to be underwater. And so there's a new thing they sell, I think, so often. But I think when it comes down to it, my, this is me, I think we have a personal, uh, moral, and even a spiritual obligation to be good stewards of what we have been given, which is the earth. You know, I, I like the idea of green energy. I, I believe that we should recycle. Uh, you know, for me, I like the idea of going back. And this is a simple thing, but, and I've seen a lot of stores where I live kind of uh, adhere to this or make a return to this, like using paper bags for at the grocery store. And I, I love that because A, you know, you can reuse those for a bunch of things, but they're also biodegradable. Um, you know, so it's just, I think it's, I think it's a matter of being, using common sense, starting where we're at. And hopefully there are things that we can agree on that will help to, to widen the, the middle. And it, it won't be like this fringe on this side or this fringe on this side. I, there's so much division right now, and as you know. Um, but I, I think there are some real common sense, real simple cost-effective things that we can start to do to become better stewards of the earth that we've been given. And then, you know, even, even right, you're giving forward. me a lot. Let me, let me try and talk to you about okay. it. I, Cause <laughs> I disagree with everything that you said. No, I'm just joking. Okay, great. Um, I don't disagree at all. I actually, I mean, I can, I, okay. I know both sides of it. So like I'm, I'm bipartisan. I'm probably like, I wouldn't even uh, biracial is not the right word. Um, I'm, I guess I don't have a side in either if it is 100% climate change or if it doesn't exist. I'm not in any of it because everybody's got points on each side. Um, the idea that other countries are polluting more than us is in a factor, a sense true as well, too. I mean, we have one of the cleanest coal power plants over here only because they put filters on top of these power plants that makes it so effective in the area that we're located in as well, too, in the states where you can mine for coal. We have some of the purest forms of it. A lot of other places like China, where people don't have a say and people don't really get to say whatever they want to do or tweet whatever they want to tweet, they don't have a say in climate change, any of those types of things. So the people don't worry about putting filters on top of their coal power plants. So in a sense, yes, but it, do I think it's going to be the polar ice caps melting? It's going to flood the earth is going to be our doomsday scenario no i think it's more likely we'll probably be hit by an asteroid i mean the fact that it hasn't happened already and we're all literally living day to day i mean if you look up just there's a whole nasa observatory that checks out all these risks of asteroids entering our atmosphere and we have lasers to handle those but for the longest time it was just luck that a planet's gravitational pull would throw it out of alignment with our planet so i mean that's probably the most likely scenario but i mean we're going to end up destroying ourselves like i mean i think that's how everything works 
No, well, so that's a little disappointing that Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis aren't going to go to the asteroid save us. They're too old. But, yeah, yeah. but um, you, you know me, and uh, I'm more of a cup half empty kind of guy. I, I, I think the Earth has been around for longer than we have. And, it, you know, there's... I'll, I'll just say this. I, I think if we can just use common sense approaches, and I'm going to just use the simplest thing. you said you muted that. I thought I did too. I I really need, yeah, I just did. Every um, podcast, I hear it go off, and I'm like, I he figures it, like, I keep my phone on silent. Come on, come on, come on. Come on We're man. in a thousand but, something um, episodes. Oh, and, and by, Mr. Fraud Inc. Way, Look, even a shameless promotion for you. Well, thank you. You're um, but by the way, welcome back, Mr. Cotter. And I love the new backdrop. Mr. Um, Cotter. I, that's an, well, I'm a boomer. There's a show called Welcome Back, Cotter, in the 70s. John know, Travolta's know, first I know, gig. I know. Okay. Hey, Mr. Cotter. Am, anyway. am I John Travolta-esque? No, I think you're way cooler than that, dude. I'm in Scientology, um, so we have something in common. Well, hey, there you go. But no, um, they still message I, I me. Think, it's scary. Oh, okay. I, 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 I met one person years ago that was a Scientologist and I'm like, wow. Okay. You know, but I think ultimately we're going to end up destroying ourselves. Um, I, I there is something in humanity. That, you know, you did, I'm agreeing with yeah. you, but I, I think there's something within humanity that if, if we can't, um, you know, if we can't conquer our demons, if you will, and, and if we can't let our let our better angels guide us, um, I, I you know, you, you see that how many civilizations have risen and fallen. And, you know, I, I know we're talking more of a, a um, environmental thing, but I, I think all this stuff is secular. And I think right now that everything that we're seeing, there's a real clear line between what is really going on there's so many things really being exposed by by so if we're talking switching to the, the political thing which unfortunately i think the environmental issue is unnecessarily tied to the political issue in, in many regards but there's so many things that are coming out right now uh like just even as recording this all the, the controversy with cnn and jeff sucker and now now all this bs with with joe rogan and him apologizing um, in videos and i see i i, I knew, I knew this, this from the, I, I knew this from the start dude i was a fan from the beginning but i don't idolize joe rogan like people idolize people the issue is you can't have idols like that any person on this planet any celebrity you can't have be um idolized in any sense i don't think anybody i don't think he wants that either but people somehow just adopt that I mean, I like his show because it's a variety of guests, hence why I created my own to have my own questions and have my own answers and have it all, you know, for a, another person that might be stumbling across the same path. I just think this this whole idea, like I, I've talked to scientists who are talking about like multiverses of being able to discover another dimension and stuff like that. That's really interesting to me because I bet you on another timeline, we have it figured out. I bet you the planet's doing a lot better. I don't think it's the, the main topic that connects us is the idea of political sides or the idea of environmental issues or the idea that we all have to think deeply about things or get in touch with God or any of that. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's literally the fact that right now I'm a generation thing of code. You're a generation 
thing of code. We're all coding in different time periods. Technically, the day you were born is different from the date that I was born. Even the day, even the fucking, even if it's December 1st, 2020 to December 1st, 1997, it's the same fucking day, but it's completely different code. It's a different time period, not even only a different time period. If you're born December 1st, 2020, December 2nd, 2020, the weather, that's a different code in itself too. Your, your, your days are never the same as the person out there in the world. So you're constantly getting some other form of intelligence and also some other form that person is getting as well too. And the whole point of this whole planet, this whole idea that we're whatever we are, and I totally believe this. I don't think it's in a form of a higher being. I don't think it's in form of enlightenment. I don't think it's in a form of breaking into a new dawn or a new era. We're just supposed to learn from each other. Like we're supposed to know this is not how we act. This We don't put people on crosses. We don't, we, we, it didn't work well for Jesus. It's not going to work well for us. Okay. But we are literally putting ourselves up on social media crosses we're calling out someone we're doing these types of things you're just supposed to be like that's not what i'm gonna do so i'm not gonna live my life like that and then you move on to the next thing you start growing and you start realizing that everything evolves because now you're all evolving at once evolve together don't evolve by yourself everyone's on their own social paths that are all isolated i'll let right. you rant for five minutes let me get a rant no out. no you're this is like you're hung over dude and you're like you're talking about multiverses, and I'm thinking, wait, it's a metaphor. Like it's it's a metaphor. I like the Andrew Garfield metaphor or uh, <laughs> verse better than better than the Tom Holland verse. <laughs> like, it's, like it's, literally, that's what I'm well. About. It's a metaphorical metaverse for the idea that if you think no, if it. there's the youngest driest theory, which is the idea that the Earth has these global resets, which has been known that the earth has reset itself multiple times on many other occasions sure. as well too. Like you were saying, the planet will be here for a long time, but an asteroid could easily destroy it anytime that could happen. Sure. It, Knock fact, it off its access or yeah, all, yeah, all the that. fact that it hasn't happened now, that's a stroke of luck, but the idea that it's going to be another global reset that fixes us and humanity has to start again. I don't know. That could be a possibility as well too, but I think it's the idea that like, you notice how like, there are some areas where the climate is completely like the opposite way, like kind of like the polars have shifted. I don't know what that is. I've talked to astrophysicists and astronomers that don't know what that is too. They talk about it could be the rotation. I have no clue. But what I think is, is that when you start pulling things out of the ecosystem, you start taking things away. It's just trying to find that rhythm again and try and get right back on track. And sadly, we're tearing up more of our own history than we are doing anything else. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a global new. I hope it's not going to be a nuclear war that causes everyone to get their shit in order. But at the same time, you're seeing so much on social media, you're seeing so much on media that's just talking in general about the fear of like, Russia says that, you know, the dismissal of their submarines or all this stuff. I don't know what the hell is going on, because I can't trust the news anymore. And I don't want to trust the news. I don't think you should trust anything. You can't trust me. Wow, dude. Okay. So, so much that you said, I, I think is relatable and i think so much of what you said is really really worthy of discussion now in regard i this whole russian thing i think you know i related to this and i don't know if this is a fair equation but this is how my mind works is that i kind of look at the ukraine russian thing like this this is a blood feud much kind of like things are in the middle east we have no business us as americans that's their thing we don't need to be the world police. That's my stance. But when you talk about 
you, you say some interesting things and, and one of the interesting things you said is, I know, one of the interesting <laughs> things you said, um, you were talking about the cult of, per this is how I'm wondering, the cult of personality on social media. And I think at some point we have to really come, whether it be individually or as a community, and I think maybe you and I are great examples of this because I know you pretty well, you know me pretty well. Like we're just dudes. Like you have a, a day job, I have a day job. We do what we do because we have a passion. We want to learn, we want to help people, um, inform, teach, whatever you know, whatever you want to uh, ascribe to that. But you and I, and I just, I know you from knowing you for a while now, like we just guys, we're just two guys. Like I'm literally sitting in my office, you're, you're in your studio. The fact that people elevate these personalities or these whatever, athlete, whatever, politicians, whatever. To me, that goes back to something you said earlier in regards to morality which is I believe that humans, we were all created to worship something. You used the word idol previously. I believe that's something that the almighty has instinctively put within us. And there's a point where we identify as, you know, in, in regards to using the idea of being good stewards of the environment, like, yeah, just use common sense, use some morality, you know, don't throw your, don't throw your crap out the window when you're driving, because that's, that's the opposite of what being a good steward is. But there's an origin point to what being a good person is and being moral. Um, and for me, when we kind of wrap this all around, I, I ascribe that like to my relationship with Christ and in my relationship with God. And that kind of spreads out and people interpret that however they want to. I don't want to proselytize, but my larger point saying is, is that I think the further we, we get away from the idea of just ethics and decency and just just being a good person right uh, not being like gandhi or malcolm x or martin luther king jr these altruistic you know superhumans if you will but just being a good dude right just being a good person you know i think the further we drift from that and the further we elevate people that really have no business being elevated that creates like i said this cult of personality you got these big names and, and for what like these uh, you know i mean they're flashy and fun well my so i'm engaged now and my fiance it, uh she sends me these tiktok videos and i look at these things and i'm like that's literally a minute of my life i'm never gonna have back you can't look at it like and, that man well no i look at it because the older i get what i realize the most precious asset i have is the time that I'm allotted. You, you want to know what I, you think, know what I mean? Yeah. You want to know what I think of when I record a podcast? Yeah. What's that? I, I, I think of whatever we're saying, whether it's a topic like this, it's like, let's examine this one. For instance, you say just sure. two. you could say just two dudes. There's a person right there. As soon as they heard that, that just goes, yeah, two dudes that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're right. There's two people that hear that and say two dudes, two dudes that know what they're talking about. That person could be right too. The thing is, is that there's not a whole lot of like, just like, there's a lot of like, 
when like even if you're counting time for instance even if you're not thinking it in that mindset there's someone out there right now like yeah i got to do as much as i possibly can in the time that i have it before it runs out it's like once you start counting your straws it really kind of goes away but then you got to see the other side of it as well too like just taking that second that brief little second to see how someone's and it's so hard to do and that's the issue with the devices that i don't like when you send me a message like doing this, doing this. Half the time you get a text, it sounds like someone's yelling at you because the thing just can't convey tone. You need to hear them say it. It would be sounding, it's taking things out of context. The issue is, is that I think all these, I think everything, like for instance, the best example I can tell you of how like we got into maybe the scenarios that we're in and the reason why you got to be careful about what band-aids you pull off because the reason why something's running the way it's running, like, why the hell are we doing it like this? Because something was instilled to make it run that way. Now, was it corporate elites? Sure. That's a, it's a perfect example. But also, maybe they're doing it to protect us as well, too. Like, you got to think, what's on the other end of that flood wall? I always talk about there's a wall that's built up like a dam. And what you do is you, you take a little rock out. And then a little bit of water comes in. Instead of waiting for the water to drain, you go, well, I'm just going to take more. You start taking them all. And next thing you know, you get a giant flood that comes and hits you. That's kind of what you, you see with a lot of this stuff. I mean, Russian troll farms, the fact that there's just 20 websites, the top 20 websites on the internet that are over 2 million something likes on Facebook and all that called My Baby Daddy Ain't Shit. Okay, well, that's obviously to just make people crazy and make people fight against each other by calling out people who um who have left their families or people that are raising families by themselves making fun of them or something like that they're all bot they're all fake accounts we all know bots on twitter i've seen so many where i'm like well licensed psychologist with an astrophysics degree let me click on this pro 10 followers and their profile picture looks like something that you can get off of stock pictures why is that happening? Well, because that's a government tactic from another country, because we probably instilled a government tactic to go against that as well, too. And then you think, why is the CIA not doing anything about this? Why aren't they stopping this flow of misinformation? Well, because they probably have tactics that they're working as well, too, and it's actually a long chain, and we're only seeing the first bit of it. That's kind of what life is. I mean, everyone's on their own unique paths. Everyone's on their own little different thing. I'm not a philosopher in any of the sense, and I don't want that. But the one thing I do have is I have enough time to listen to someone explain their thoughts, and I've listened to so many so far where I start realizing that anything I might have a problem with or anything that I really might appreciate, what's the other side of that, and who else is viewing that other side? That's what people need. That is the simplest fix, and I guarantee you, you'll see humanity get right, start getting right back on track, at least in the sense to where you can recognize your own evil. That's the thing is a lot of people do not recognize their own evil. Now, here's here's the thing that I don't like. You can't attribute it to the Lord. You can't. You can. You can. You you yourself or anybody that's religious, feel free. Go run the whole field with it. But what you got to look at is a broadband approach for a lot of people. And for some people, whether it's three people in a crowd of 80 or a crowd of 90, if you're sitting there talking about the Lord to let Jesus into your heart, there's three people that just tuned out. That's the thing. You got you, even though it's not your responsibility to, it's not at all. But for me, I want to try and make it accessible to everyone and try and find a way. And it doesn't take much time. You might have to spend an extra 10 minutes on your introduction speech or something, whatever you're doing, if you're going to talk to a bunch of people. But that extra 10 minutes, then now you're connecting with those three people. 
like it, 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 from an outcast perspective, you got to understand is that a lot of people do not feel validated in the things that they do. And a lot of people want validation, but at the same time, a lot of people just don't want anything from anybody. A lot of people want everything from everybody. That's there. You got to just see it from how their brains are working with it. And it's, I think that also falls into a factor. There's an issue with a lot of people who haven't studied the brain more. There needs to be more and better handles of that too. We have a mental health issue that is literally off the chain. And the factor is, is because not just the government stuff, but the fact that there aren't really on, on any- a personal level, no. well, on, on a personal health level. I mean, I, and I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but like, even like I've had this literally, it's funny you bring that up. I've had this conversation with three or four people in the last two weeks about all this stuff that's happened with the lockdowns or shutdowns and people losing like millions like one of my closest friends lost millions because the business that he was running was forced to close and him trying to get help like professional help and battling with insurance companies and and and, and even like on my own so i think what you're saying is valid and i didn't mean to interrupt you but like i that's something that like i get real heated over because you know we want to we we've capitalized on treating the symptoms and not the root problem in many regards that's the water thing i was telling you about exactly and you my so a couple of things that was interesting my aspect in regards to evil might actually surprise you i you know you hear the old saying you know the devil made me do it or whatever i believe in accountability i believe that every person is accountable for whatever they do good or bad or indifferent um and that's just that's just my philosophy in life because that's my been that's been my experience whether it be just living life being like as old as i am or uh like even in regards to you know uh, my spiritual journey but i do want to kind of backtrack on something you said and i want to just clarify myself i don't want to say that time is invaluable or like uh, it, taking time to have a conversation is invaluable. I, I, I think those uh, are, they're not valuable, excuse me. I believe they're invaluable. I believe those are the connections that we make with one another that are what the building blocks of a great society and, and even personal person is, or, or as a person is, excuse me. What I mean is the older I get, I want to spend my time growing helping other people and valuing the relationships that are in my life like maybe all my life or new relationships that are coming into my life and i know one of the things i've i got this thing on my phone where it's uh, it's this weekly report it says your time on your screen was down 14 percent this week and i find the more that my time on my phone my screen time goes down those are the weeks where I feel like, wow, I learned something new or wow, I was able to have a, a conversation and reconnect with somebody I, I haven't talked to in years or whatever. So what I, I really want to try to convey that I, I feel like those are so important. Those kind of things, you know, um, if someone wants to sit and watch TikTok videos, I mean, don't get me wrong. She sends them to me. I watch them. So, I mean, some of them are hilarious, but Uh, The older I get, the more I'm starting to value my relationships, value the things I learn, 
value the things I'm able to help people with or, you know, not, I don't know. But, but it's leaving things a little better than when you got here, if, if that makes sense. Your whole life, at least, I wouldn't even, I'm not even going to say because someone will be like, well, that's not what I think of it. It's not, this is just how I think of it. I think you're just, human existence for me is just the idea of what I try and instill, which is the fact of like just doing the least amount of damage I can possibly do. I don't think anything that you do really makes the world better. I think what it does is I think it just makes it everything worse. I, I It's not that not saying that any of the actions that you do aren't good. You could do amazing things. You could donate to charity. You could save lives. It, it's whatever. But when it comes to just when humans first started kind of polluting all this type of stuff, you've just naturally kind of like doing more damage and damage and damage. Even if you reduce your carbon footprint to non-existent, you notice how they say it's you can't reduce it all. Like, that's the thing. That's 100% true. I just figured that that's with your life. With a lot of people, you're going to touch a lot of people. You're going to make – you're going to make them – the people that care about you will show up when you're gone. The people – they that will live with them forever. But for a lot of people, I mean, how many interactions do you have at a store? How many times you're in traffic, you get upset, you yell at the thing? That's the thing is that it's so hard to keep this greater kind of perspective in your head that like, oh, this isn't – none of this is going to matter. Like bills. Bills are the best example. You get a bunch of bills. You're drowning and you're losing money and you're just upset. You, it, it's everything that matters to you right then. But then what next month you got the same pile of issues, but it's a different scenario because now you're in a different time. You're a month forward. You still made it. You had all the clothes on your back. You didn't lose anything. You still made it to the next day. A lot of people are trying to make it to the next day, but I, I feel like with, it's not even a mental health thing. Cause I could say the most triggering thing right now that would just get everyone upset and say, fuck mental health. And then people go, what you said, fuck mental health. It's like, yeah, for me, I believe I have depression. I have severe depression. I had was prescribed pills for it. I've never taken them again. They don't fucking help. Um, at least that's not how I, I want to do yeah. it. Yeah, that's my experience as well. Yeah. But the whole aspect is when someone says fuck mental health, are they saying it fucking sucks? Or are they saying fuck mental health? It doesn't exist. And if that person says fuck mental health, it doesn't exist. That's because they don't know what it's like and good for them for not being able to understand what that's like, because I think anybody that truly suffers from something like that doesn't want another person to experience that type of pain. But at the same time, it is something that is real, but it is something that weighs on certain people, whether that's I don't think it's the majority. Oh, totally. I think a lot of people just have really shitty days, shitty weeks, and sometimes those can bleed into shitty months and it sucks. But I think once you really start analyzing, not really even analyzing, but kind of trying to bring this view back of like get out of your own head, talk to some people, understand their shoes, understand, you know, you hear someone that just goes, I thought my life sucked. Because they just heard that person's <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, And I get that all the time with the city. And you know my background, like with my health stuff. I get that all the time yeah, but from people. Once you can understand that, like you start being able to figure out the root problems. Like when I see like Antifa or like right now they're trending on Twitter. So like when I see that happen, I'm just like, okay, let me click this. Then it's something like it, it leads into like a QAnon thing where they're like invading a pizza shop over this type of stuff. I've said this multiple times in the past, and I'm going to keep this thoughts with it as well, too. I like the conspiracy person. Thank God someone's thinking outside the fucking box. Seriously, because to think that, OK, it's not that pizza shop, but that's definitely going on. Have we learned from Epstein? Like you start realizing it's like 
it doesn't mean you have to go full on frontal with guns and all this type of stuff, but being aware that there's a likely scenario that that's happening. Like I really wish you could like see whatever choice you're about to make. You could see infinite universes where that's all different, taking a different turn, taking a different route and see how it's led up to the thing that it's led up to. And you start realizing something about like the core issues, the stuff that it's really important that should be fixed, like a corporations that are now dominating the market where we're going to see all these like Google, for instance, you're going to see everything just form into one giant fucking blob. It's going to be scary. It's really going to be scary. I know the idea of monopolies, but they still exist, even though there's writing and we just think that they're going to abide by writing and not try and find a way around it. No, there's a system. It's just like the best example I could give you is if you're walking out into your driveway and you slip on ice and you hit your back, then you're like, my back's never been the same. So you can use that as an excuse to get out of maybe chores or anything. I'm not saying you would, but I'm just saying that's an excuse. That that's the same thing with them. They found a way to cut corners and they keep cutting corners on top of corners on top of corners. And it just leads on for generations upon generations upon generations. Once you can kind of get out of your own shit and then everyone come together, the people are so fucking strong. I think people, not even just a general consensus of uh, a, po a population, like a state or a country. I'm talking about the individual person is the strongest fucking thing. You can go through a lot of shit and you're very resilient. The fact that a lot of people are living to be 90 years old and not just have a random heart attack. Hopefully I'm just saying that the fact that I'm still here at 24 and I could still breathe and everything's working and doing all these types of things. The fact that you're still breathing, that's what, no matter health issues aside, if you're still fucking being able to wake up until the next day, that's luck, man. That's like the earth and an asteroid. So you should use that time as much as you possibly can, which now we get back to the perspective of time. It's a limited thing. It is. But as, like I said, life is born in a second and it's gone in an instant. You have to look at that grand scale of everything. And this isn't me talking down. Like I have some type of form of enlightenment. I like to crack jokes. I like to fucking talk about Disney mascots wanting to drown customers because they're in a hundred degree fucking suit. You know what I mean? That's, but that's, it's, it's fun. And what the thing is, is you have to understand is that everyone's idea of fun is different. Hopefully that fun is causing the least amount of damage as well too. Because everything you do causes a little bit of damage, no matter if it's a hair fracture of stress on someone else's life or whatever. The best thing you can do is really just trying to appreciate what you have and not the things that you don't. I mean, yeah, it sounds like again, it's on the lot, money. It, it sounds like it's on the money. Well, right. the only thing I, I see, I'm under the God. persuasion. No, I mean, I, I thought you're going to like be like, I'm under, I'm going to fucking disarm everything you just said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, dude, no. Um, I will say though, I, I, you you know me for a while now and you know the the idea of mental health and people can think what they want i i personally am under the persuasion that it's been deliberately eroded and deliberately hijacked by insurance companies governmental agencies whatever you want to say because it's a lot easier to control people that are having is yes exactly get in line motherfucker well i mean you know i mean orwell talks about staff. The, right well i mean orwell talks about the proletarian you know, Who's Orwell? The, George Orwell? The guy who makes wrote, the popcorn? No, uh, no, it's or, or, uh, <laughs> Orville Redenbacher. Redenbacher, yeah. No, George Orwell. He wrote 1984, Animal Farm. I know. 
I had to get us out of the serious thing with a quick joke. No, it's okay. But no, I, one of the things I'm learning in my, right now in my life is this, and I think this is going to tie hopefully into, into what you're saying. Two things. One, I want to, and this is hard for me because the last like four and a half, uh, four and a quarter, maybe years of my life, I didn't care if the world gets struck by an asteroid. I didn't care if I died. I didn't care if, um, you know, whatever, because I was in such a deep, deep funk, depression, anger, self-loathing, whatever, you know, whatever verbiage you want to ascribe to that because of the things that had happened to me and not knowing how to process that, not realizing in immature, self-immaturity myself, that you can't just get over trauma like this, that you we need time to heal. We need people around us that, you know, what, my best friend, when I, when my ex-wife first left me, the best thing he said to me, and it sticks with me to this day, he goes, you're going to have people that are going to be around you and you're going to find out who your real friends are through this. He goes, and your real, it gets me every time I think about it because it's so true. He goes, your real friends, you're going to lean on them. And you're going to cry on their shoulder and they're going to be there and they're going to pick you up. The others are going to leave. He goes, and you don't worry about that. He goes, you, you do what you need to do. You get better because your real friends, there's going to come a time when they're going to be leaning on you and they're going to be crying on your shoulder and you're going to need to help pick them up. And, and it's weird because I'm finding that now this is true. And the big thing I've been really focusing on, and I think this is going to kind of address what we're talking about is I have this thing this year that's just kind of a new thing to me is not betraying my conscience. What I have discovered is that, and this is how I'm going to word it, and people can feel free to word how they would like to, but for me, my conscience is that part where I believe like God speaks to me or where I know right or wrong, or, Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about morality or ethics. What I've come to realize is that there are so many temptations in our world right now to betray that. And what I've learned when I betray that, when I go against my conscience, it reminds me of a gentleman who I knew many, many years ago who had back trouble, like you you mentioned, falling on the ice. And what would happen is he would have these little procedures done where uh, pills didn't work, operations didn't work, you know, just the pain persisted. It was chronic almost. So he would get the end, uh, his nerve endings seared. The pain was still there, but he didn't feel the pain because his nerves, the, the, he had lost the ability to feel that pain through the procedure. And what I tell people, it's kind of like that, like with your conscience, once you sear it, you like he seared the, you know, he had that, that procedure, whatever it was. I don't know how it worked, but that's what he told me. But once you lose that sensation that you can't feel that pain anymore, or like how I like to word it, I can't feel like God nudging me, right? Like, you know, what, what my sense of right or wrong gets eroded. It, it's almost impossible to, to reestablish that. And at that point, you begin to sacrifice who you were created to be and who you really are and the potentiality that you have in this world. And when I say potentiality, it's kind of like going back around to 
I understand the idea of being destructive. And I think that a lot of, or damage, excuse me. And I think a lot of people are doing that because I, uh, I think hurt people hurt people. I certainly did. Like I would say the most awful things the last four and a half years of my life. And I didn't mean it half the time. I didn't know what I was saying, but I was so hurt. I didn't know how to deal with that pain, but through therapy, um, relying on friends, you know, obviously praying, you know, spending time, uh, you know, reading the Bible, things like that helped me. But I'm also at this point right now where I think if we can just understand to not go against our conscience, that I think that's going to help a, a lot of people. And it, it's, it, I'm at this point right now where it's starting to help me in new ways that like, like there are some big things, like I'm, I'm not going to go and like bang a bunch of hookers and, and do a bunch of blow one night. That's just not, you could. that's not me, but that's, <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, so there's some obvious things I'm not going to do. I'm not going to steal a car. I'm not going to, you know, You're not whatever. Gonna do anything fucking cool is what I'm learning. Well, I'm a dork. Okay. I, I, I like I like uh, watching his, history Fair. documentaries and, and reading. That's not dorky. You don't call that dorky. That's what I do. Okay. By the way, there's a great new documentary series on Netflix. It's uh, the FBI and Malcolm X, I think is the name of it. It's fantastic. But nonetheless, um, I, I just think it's where we're at. And I don't like using these generic terms like the government or big business or whatever. I, I believe when we're addressing things that are potentially criminal we should point those out with the most specific thing as we can for example like when you listen to bill gates do a ted talk and he's like we need to depopulate or we need to eliminate carbon-based life forms well you and i are carbon-based life forms yeah. uh, you know my my dog laying right here next to me she's a carbon-based life form and and i'm thinking like are you a psychopath yeah he is. because what that's he doesn't get yes, a pass but you when, think when, you no, think but, has no, you I, think hold on you think hell has call waiting because he's fucking he's in line bro uh, he's on like that, the fourth call that nobody's getting to uh, he's calling him, back klaus schwab fauci but i think all that's above my, my pay grade but i i just think you know it the episode you know thank you for plugging the podcast but the episode we did this week it was called it's called the kip the kipling method which is something when i was in journalism school i learned which is basically who what where when why how and what we're trying to do at this age or this point in my life is just take a look back because you're right i don't know who to trust like i i listen to joe brogan i've listened to him for years but it doesn't mean i'm going to get all my sources of news from him he has a lot of great guests they're entertaining a lot of times they're scientific they're metaphysical they're you know and i appreciate all that i love alex jones but i don't get all of my news and i don't trust all the all of that it's this idea he just goes of like too deep. Alex Jones says a lot of good shit. But he just goes, wait, like his best quote, I think is God doesn't know where God came from. And it's just like, you start thinking about it. It's like, I'm not even fucking religious, but Jesus, that's, that's a deep one. Think about it. That was from a I man who said the frogs are gay. Yeah, that's <laughs> what like yeah. i'm not, not going to address that, i had but, i had an um, episode where we were talking about alex jones in the beginning is my conspiracy buddy and then we ended up coming back to it and i literally deep down i showed you like his whole pro like i was just doing a natural conversation thing and i showed you then you start thinking this is fake and this is fake and this is fake 
<gasps> now we're back to the beginning of why you think this is fake. And it's like it kind of all lined up. You start realizing the farther down the rabbit hole you go, it actually might be some type of psychology thing to just make you go batshit nuts. I mean, if you start – hold on. If you buy a house, a brand-new house – you end up trying to remodel it and you find a chest of a chest of treasure under it. Then you have to move to another location. More than likely, you're going to fucking speculate if there's a fucking chest of treasure under the new house you ha now have to live into. That's the same thing with covering up conspiracy theories. That's why they end up going so insane. But there's a fine line. There's a line where someone starts talking about the flat earth and you're like, you know what? I think I can understand why you think the earth is flat. Mostly it's from a lying aspect because they, NASA, when they first put out pictures of the earth, they CGI clouds to make it look better for the public on the earth. Like they touched it up. Like you, the actors get touched up and now they're like, well, if you fake those and I prove that, then you must lie about other things too. So how can I really believe you? Now you've built a, a thing of mistrust. The best thing you can do is just say how you feel. I mean, I'm, I like to think I'm authentic. I mean, I, hopefully I'm trying to be as much as I possibly think. And you, yeah, don't, don't, yeah, you are. Dude. Throughout the thousand something episodes, I've stayed consistent with everything I've said and everything. I, now I'll joke. I'll be like, yeah, you know, this and that. But you can tell because I usually change the voice up a little bit. This is, but when it comes down to the seriousness of a lot of things, I mean, everyone's got a perspective. I think if you could, this only thing I like about Elon is that if he gets a neurochip into your fucking head, which I'm, I've changed my mind on. I used to be so against it. Now I'm like, this is fucking maybe the fix. If you can sense somebody's intent through a chip and it lets you feel like a, dr a drug release, it lets you like, oh my God, my brain's like, it's releasing that chemical, the same thing you're feeling. Oh, I can see why you can, oh, you went down this road. And then you can see the roads that people are walking. I would like, if, if I was going to die, and I think maybe if there is a heaven, I don't, I'm not religious, like I said, but if there is one, if they're able to examine everything, like when you watch fucking Cobra Kai and you see, oh my God, they're just, they're just misunderstanding each other. You know, that type thing. I think that would enlighten a lot of people onto how people got this way. If you could see a fucking kid that was like taken behind a shed. Now, you know why that dude is now 40 and fucking hating every single doctor and every teacher he's ever met. You start, you start realizing those connections a little bit. And I'm like, I think that's just what, what, what we need. I mean, I've talked to people from all over the board, people that say, you know, have really strong views in the left, really strong views in the right, really strong views about a lot of stuff. I always bring in the other perspective just on a concept of we have to address these things. Like I, I, I got an email from Bernie Sanders to do the show. Um, I emailed him. I emailed him, got a, a, a auto reply email. And then a person from his actual office sent a message and they were like, could you list a thing of questions? And I'm like, God damn it. This is the one thing I don't do is questions. But I was like, I mean, if if he came on here, if any presidential candidate, if I talk to anybody and I have talked to famous people before, not presidential candidate wise, but anybody from thing, I would just be like, if you really want to run, bring your shit out out front. Like a lot of people gave yeah. that one, well, a lot of people gave that one courtroom judge who was like, he had sex with a, he was seven or 18 years old. He had sex with like a 14 year old girl, which at the time the man was in his, the man was in his seventies when he said this at the time, that probably wasn't even a thought like today's society would reject that. You just got to look at how the times have changed, but already people are fucking triggered. 
just at hearing that type of thing. You gave me just the the, the I don't know type. No, thing. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. That's what I don't. I'm not familiar with that. Well, a lot of people would hear that and be like, "What the fuck?" He literally was like, "Cause you guys are gonna go looking for it anyway. I'm just gonna let you know this happened." And at the time, it it doesn't it it's that type of thing. It didn't translate. Joe Rogan saying whatever he said, uh, episode 100 or 200 or whatever. I don't think he thought his show was going to get 11 million listeners. That's the thing is that you shouldn't have to be, uh, you, sh- you, sh- right. you shouldn't have to be held accountable. Like Kevin Hart can't host the Oscars because of a tweet about something uh, 10 years ago. Like that's, it, it seems like you're not really, you're just trying to make a person not have their success. And my whole idea in life is I don't care if you don't want to be a part of my success, but do not hinder my progress. And now you're having a lot of people right. get violent with that. And that's not right. Right. You have to understand is that you just can't you just can't have people you can't be negative to other people's things. That's less damage. Well, it, it, to me, what you're saying, what comes to my mind is the idea of pulling the plank out of your eye before the speck out of someone else's, right? But it also goes back to a lot of reaping and sowing. So, I mean, somewhere there's a tape of all my high school friends and I doing really 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 bad stupid illegal things um and if that tape ever got out then yeah i would look what like you really do on bad. the tape what'd you do on the tape uh did you shoot a porn no, no i'll do like it that. if i knew i was gonna die i would do it honestly why don't i just fucking do it i used to be afraid of being on no camera. it was it was it was stuff like um you throw a cat uh, in the microwave. destroy no d- destroying property oh. allegedly um and just stupid you Good know stuff. alleged teen stuff you know stuff. but my point is that when the guy the kid i was when i was 17 18 19 is not who i am now and it's the idea of there's this um I, I, let's just use kevin hart like i don't know anybody that like doesn't really like him like i, don't I think like he's him. hilarious Okay, well, that's fine. But no, I, I'm I like, I'm being funny, but... dead serious. I've said that before on the okay. show, too. I'm not a fan of Kevin Hart. Not, th- not that he's not funny. I, I mean, I've seen his comedy specials. I don't really find those funny. Um, I like a lot of his like interviews and stuff, like where he does the ice bath and stuff. But um, those are hilarious. Yeah, I, I think some of them. He, I just think he, with his stand up, it's like he's trying way too hard to be more like on stage. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know okay, if that's yeah. like my type of humor. I'm like, I, the only gotcha. person I give that a pass to would be Sam Kinison. used to have a cassette, a Sam Kinison cassette that we would try to hide from. Um, my buddy and I, we try to hide from one another's parents. <laughs> but anyway, my, my larger point is like, yeah, he, with the whole Oscar uh, fracas, he did something that at the time was, I mean, at the time who'd have a problem with it. And even still, it's like, if you're raising your kid, that's your kid. I don't, I don't want the responsibility of raising someone else's kid. And that's another thing that we keep hearing a lot about in regards to, you know, introducing different philosophical things, if you will, to PC it up into public schools. I'm, I'm under the persuasion that if I have a kid, that kid is my responsibility to raise, to make sure that that kid is doing as good a job as not damaging things like you're saying, or to, be like a good person to do the right thing, you know, to love God, love their neighbors, you know, 
do a, be a good steward of the earth like we were saw, saying earlier. that's my responsibility that's not anyone else's i you know i i brought that child into the world i wouldn't dare assume that a teacher or um someone in that kind of a role or position would be responsible for the moral upbringing uh and education of my child and those those kind of things that's what most people are homeschooling now well, yeah, absolutely. And if I had a kid, I'd do the same thing. Yeah, you'll probably um, see but, more generations doing that too. But I think uh, Jordan Peterson, I've said this before too, Jordan Peterson's idea with Ben Shapiro that 10 billion, you'll start to see the number of people decline. Um, because I think what happened is you're having babies have babies and you're having those babies have babies. And you're like getting to this point where there's not really a huge generational gap. Like a lot of these kids are being raised by their grandparents and the relationship works. Because that grandparent is is maybe more significantly older, but is older to a point where there's a gap. You need that gap. You can't be 16 and have a kid. People do it, and it's whatever. You got to live with that thing. But also, there's kids out there. There's dads that can't see their kid because the person that they're with or whoever they had a kid with will not let them. It's funny you mentioned this because my uncle who just passed was the person that instilled that value and really had that sink in. And I will respect him forever for that was that he's my brother's dad. And, but he always treated me like family, like a hundred percent, even though there's no blood there, it's we're connected through uh, me and my brother connected to my mom. Not, you know, I don't ever get personal like this on the show. So it's exclusive, but nice. Um, it, it, it was something where I understood it because I saw it with my dad. My dad took care of my brother as much as he possibly could. It was that thing of like it was a respect thing. It doesn't the kid doesn't know. The kid doesn't wasn't right. wasn't put in this situation. And it's not their fault. Yeah. They're you well, know right. that's a that's a value. Like there are like I would hate to be a judge and be sitting there be like looking at a kid that's 24 years old who has a fresh baby or brand new baby and now you're about to sentence him to life in fucking prison like no matter what that fucking crime is if he killed two people it's a tough call to make no matter what it is even if it's a life he has to go away you know he has to you're going to say the call that's going to make him go away but if that doesn't weigh on you if that doesn't have some type of mental task on your fucking head, whether it's a right or wrong or morally obligated thing is, is that you're not just doing anything to him as much as you want to punish that person. You're also affecting in some greater consequence for that child as well, too. A ripple effect. Well, that's with anything, whether he's a piece of shit and never sees his kid. That's that's another consequence on him. That's his fault. That's the thing is like you got to see that like. Once you can kind of like step back from your own moralness or whatever your ideas that have been because your experience is going to have you going down a rabbit hole. But once you can like back up from it and be like, ah, oh, shit, this is what this means. Like, you know, my parents work two jobs. So like I would spend a lot of my time in isolation. When I get angry, where do I go? Isolation. When I do all this type of stuff, isolation. I've built my mind off isolation. And conversations, obviously, with people from doing a Zoom call. But a lot a lot of that founding experience, man, that shit was very beneficial, even though it was the hardest shit I ever had to fucking go through with. Because that not call or calling someone when you need them and nobody being able to pick up the phone or no, having no numbers to call to, that's a sad feeling. But in the grand aspect of things, too, you start learning how to be able to cope with yourself. And you start realizing a lot of things. And I think, I mean, this is not me just being like, like I said, I do not want to sound philosophical. I don't want to sound deep or anything. Then I'm just saying that like, there's a lot of shit. Like if you, like they always say like, oh, none of that's going to, none of that's going to matter when you die or none of this is going to matter when you die. I can't take that with you when you die or 
they're in heaven now. If they say that example, for instance, I'm just relating it to something that you can kind of understand a little bit more. Um, but from a heaven aspect, you think when they're watching all of it, like our, the best reality television show or whatever the thing is, maybe the aliens, for instance, for me, I'll relate it to me. The alien thing, like they're watching from up there. They're just watching every single scenario. Like these people just, if they could see that, how that person's thinking of it and that person's thinking of it, you, you get it. And it, it, it makes things a little bit more tolerable to understand when you go out into the world thinking in that mindset. You know, what's interesting is I, I, you know, through the last couple of years, like I was talking when my ex left and then literally, you know, there's only one person who I'm blood related to that I still have any kind of relationship with. And what I have found kind of addressed something that you were saying earlier in regards to your uncle, which, you know, obviously my condolences. Um, I found out in is, a podcast episode and then I finished the podcast. Wow. Cause we were snowed yeah, in. I couldn't do shit. Well, I I'm looking out my window now. I got about two and so a yeah, half fuck feet, climate so. change. Now, you know why I'm so pissed yeah. about climate change. <laughs> <laughs> um oh my god dude i don't even oh um really just fuck snow man and fuck my meteorologist for telling me it was going to be three inches bullshit you know what here's my joke you ready i crafted this out on um last saturday i said all right do it i said everybody's saying oh lovely snow amazing snow i'm so happy it snowed oh we got six inches over here that's the only time i've ever heard a woman fucking say that they're happy about six inches and that's going to get me doxxed. Mark it here. It was on 2-5-2022 that he said that nice. thing. So when I'm on TV and they're just like fucking person, he's not going to get the Nobel Peace Prize because he said this. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I cured cancer. Are you serious? Really? Really? No. Nah. No. That one's probably going to get me doxxed. Too. <laughs> I got one that's more. Okay. In the tank. I, I've, I've, I, I've given up on. I think I think this. I think we were all created. I believe we were all designed for a reason. Like machines? Again, no. Well. I like that aspect. If I can think of it from like a, an omnificent being, like working around with a bunch of machines in a shop, and then this thing starts getting up and walking, and well, then the, puts a skin layer on top of it. The only problem with that is if, if that were the case, so going back to like my phone here, like they mass produce these phones. They all are pretty much the same. They function the same. Like my case may look a little different than yours, but they all do the same thing. And, and as you were saying every, uh, or, um, throughout this whole episode, there's over 7 billion unique individuals on this earth that have their own proclivities. They have their own preferences. They have, you know, some people are Beatles fans. Some people are Rolling Stone fans. You know, some people love Schwarzenegger. They're wrong. And then some people like Stallone, and, the and they, fuck they're you right. got against but, Arnold. I mean, I love Predator, but he's he's no Stallone. I, I, you know, he's yeah. not he's not even Patrick Swayze. Are you a real Stallone fan, or are you just saying that? Oh yeah, no, I'm serious. I, you I, know why I, his face I, is I call, like that, right? I call him state. Yeah, I do. The the when he was first born, the the uh, actually my yes my new I so I'm writing I'm in the process of writing two new books. I'm in the process and, of writing one. I, you should, dude, you should, of all the people I know need to write a book. It's called The like, World's Consensus on Pain. I like it. I dig it. I'll, let me know. I'll, I'll buy a copy when it's I'll out. Let, 
I'll let you know after I get past that title. <laughs> I'm just like, right, I'm, well, hey. I'm fucking stuck, hey, if man. If you're going to, if, if you're going to eat an elephant, you do it one bite at a time, brother. So, I'm si- I'm but I'm, I'm working on a, I'm working on a, a new book with a, it's going to be kind of not based on Stallone, but it's going to be based on a character of his and, um, and what this character says and does and how, Rocky? yeah, actually, um, how you can take, is it really Rocky? And, Hang on. Are you fucking with me? Or is that Rocky for real? No, no. <laughs> okay. Dude, if, if you, if you can be in my house, in my living room, when you when you first walk in to the, the left, I got this huge art of uh, Stallone, and it's that speech that he gives his son in Rocky Balboa. He was like, let me tell you something you already know. Life ain't all rainbows and sunshine. It's me. You know, that whole speech. It's about getting, I literally, getting back up. Right. It's not how hard you yeah. hit. It's about how hard you can take a hit and keep moving forward. And I... Honestly, and take this for what you will, and I, I'll probably catch crap from saying this to people, but they know me. I don't care. Outside of like what's in the Bible, like that, that if you can't hear that or read that and understand that through life, and I think what we're kind of talking about, you're gonna get punched, you're gonna get kicked, you're gonna be treated unfairly. That's just how life is. But it's not about it's not about you getting punched. It's not about you being kicked in the stones again and again and again. It's about what you learn from that pain and what you learn from that experience. So moving forward, hopefully you can avoid that scenario. And hopefully you can avoid being, you know, kind of going around that mountain, the proverbial mountain again and again and again. But life is a mean and nasty place and it will beat you to your knees and it will keep you there permanently if you let it. And that's what I've learned. And, you know, the start of this year has been like amazing for me because, you know, I'm, I'm engaged now. I found a woman that I'm excited to spend the rest of my life with and she's beautiful and she's awesome. And I started a new job at the first of the year, um, you know, in conjunction with trying to, you know, write the book and do the podcast and all that. And, and I'm feeling so professionally, so much more fulfillment from that. But what I've learned is that having gone through a horrible divorce, having literally been assaulted by my own dad, like three times, three different occasions, you know, came to physicality things, but having been betrayed by people that I held dear and trusted and let in, what I've learned is that those things happen and they suck and they're painful. And I would not minimize those things or those experiences or whatever hurts people have gone through, because I know in my life, like when, when that happens, like it is, it's like just putting another log on the fire. Right. But what I want to encourage people, uh, maybe even you, if I can, Rob, is that those are the things that build our character. Those are the things that give us that inner strength, you know, and, and when you talk about ethics and you talk about morality, you seeing somebody being hurt or you yourself being hurt would to make things like a better, you know, uh, it kind of in, in the yin to that yang in regards to, you know, damaging things. Like when you are hurt, I hope there's a part in, in all of us that says, I wouldn't want to do that to somebody else because I know how that feels. I know how it feels to um, have somebody that you were planning on spending the rest of your life literally walk out one day for no reason. Um, I, I know how it feels to um, wish and pray 
for years that I would just die because I hated my life. I hated myself. I saw, you know, I, I was in this dark tunnel and I saw a light and I just like, oh God, is it a train? And just thinking like, whatever is going to happen, it's going to be the worst scenario. There's nothing about it because either I suck or life sucks or, you know, um, you, you get the shit under the stick or however you want to word it. But I've realized is that those are the things that those hard things, they gave me grit and I've got through them and I've, I'm better on the outside, I, 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 on the, you know, the outside of that. You know how many times I prayed to God when I was a kid for superpowers and I never got them. Can you imagine the one time I prayed to him for death and he fucking granted that one? I'm like, you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> I had to crack a joke. That's not how he works. Um, no, no, that's okay. But, but I, I really want, you know, one of the things no, I you, love. You said, we well, hold on. You said something really important and it is, it is about the experiences. It is about, well, you've said a lot of things that are important, but something that's really a key message out of that too, that I don't want to lose with my joke. But also I want to talk about the fact that like, you got that out of the fucking Rocky movie. The main thing I got out of it was that Philadelphia built a statue for a fictional fucking character that doesn't exist. <laughs> can you believe that shit? They have a giant well, statue of Rocky that you can go see, but where's the statue of all the people that actually did amazing things to Philadelphia? Oh, they're, well, they're, they're tearing them down. So, and they just left Rocky okay? They tore up a John Lennon yeah. statue. Well, what did, what did he? I think it was in Rocky Three. No, he William, said it was, oh, it's Edgar Allan. No, Poe. why did Rocky I fucking five. mix those? Ro I there's five Rockies, dude. Technically, there's eight. Jesus Christ, it's like why are people giving Fast and the Furious shit? Dude, I've never seen one of those. I've never, I've never seen. You're I not think, missing much. I think Vin Diesel, like <laughs> the best role for Vin Diesel is Groot. I am Groot. Like this dude has the charisma of my phone case like i i don't get vin diesel okay you just reminded i'm not me. trying to i'm you not know, trying to poop on anybody you just reminded <laughs> me you just reminded me about the phone metaphor you said our phones yes okay i think it is like that because if there's a being that's creating things just like popping them out like iphones and as much as i said that we're all unique individuals yeah but everyone has a unique phone whether it's the apps that are downloaded onto it that a person instills okay. into those or you scratch it, you drop it, you crack it. Everyone's battery's not the same, right? Some people's iPhones just go out for no apparent reason. Some iPhones drain faster. That's life. Sometimes yeah. people's life drains faster. Those are the ones even, I get. Even though they're brand new. Actually, if you're getting like newer phones, you got to be careful when your battery drains, no matter if you have an Android or you have an iPhone, that's because it's transmitting data. Even when you're not using your phone, it's just sending data over there. Mm -hmm. That's why you see Alexas huh. get pulled into court cases because they are, they're always recording. That's how you have to know that people I, go, people go, Alexa's not always recording me. How does it know you're saying, hey, Alexa, how does it know that? Because Or, it's or how does it know you're, you're talking about bacon with your buddy and then like you'll get an ad for, you know, your local grocery store has bacon on sale this week. I'll probably get an okay. ad when I'm checking my phone. Well, bacon's good, but bacon's that goes good. back to that. Or bacon's murder. Vegan army. Oh my god, dude! I love bacon. I don't, I don't dude. You know what the best thing in dude. the world is? I'm not even kidding you. I'm being 100 percent serious. There's this bakery down the street from me. It's called Gartman's, and they make these maple cream filled maple oh. glazed donuts with bacon on top. Jesus. Oh my god, dude! Like it's I like just picture you sitting in a parking lot, fucking. <laughs> 
eating one of those things. Like that's when I picture food in heaven, dude. I'm not even gonna lie. They're so good. What's, you know what my heaven scenario is? <laughs> my heaven scenario is a chocolate milkshake with a nice fucking cigarette and a fucking old school diner. Just an old retro vent. No food. Just a fucking cigarette and a milkshake. No, no time. No. That's what I honestly. I had a, a AI art. And it's funny, I've, t- I've said this a couple of times, but try when you use these AI art apps to create like art and shit, just type in God. Watching something, trying to figure out what that is and try and create an image of what that is. And then you start under- understanding that's kind of us in a sense, trying to understand what that is. And then you kind of like examine it even farther. Just type in void or depression or any of that. You get some scenarios where I'm like, to, to me, like what that what whatever if there's an afterlife or whatever it is, I just, you just got to get to a place where there's there's no there's nothing. You don't feel like you need to be anywhere. You don't feel like you have to. You're just here. That's what life should be in general. It shouldn't be death that gives you that. It should be some aspect of you're just here. You're just in this moment as I'm talking to you. Much like every once my ADHD calms down, I'm focused in on the fucking chat. But that that there's no there's no place you need to be there's no feeling of not even happy i had this in my film that i'm working on so it's going to end up this is going to come out way before that because i'm not putting a deadline on that fucking thing um but if i ask you to describe me what anger feels like people will either put it into a form of a color like red or they'll be like it just fucking rage man like i just want to punch something i want to take it out but then when i say what does happiness feel like? And a lot of people have to sit and think for a minute. And I, I, the reason why I, I, I thought of this example, it is mine. I'm patenting and copywriting it. Just kidding. Free to use. Um, <laughs> it's free, baby. Um, but when I say describe what happiness feels like, a lot of people can't even put it into words. So be- and- I, I think because we've been programmed no, to focus on no I, I mean seriously it's it's like that scene no in, it's because um, you're more angry pretty, than you are happy most of the time a lot of people are more angry yeah. than they are happy because you don't well, think yeah, but, when you're angry you think to remember what this pain is like so you'll be able like you said it could be focusing it you want to know you remember what that's like so you either never want to feel that again or you just channel it more but when you're happy you don't think to take account of being what happy feels like you want to live in that shit that's what it is being in the fucking moment of shit so i i agree with that i want to kind of visit don't destroy a my example said, no, no 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 i want to visit a, a statement i made earlier in regards to the the idea no the idea of time what you're saying is what i'm trying to apply and steward my time with like i've experienced happiness recently where i feel like for years i haven't and it's those moments where like i'm with my fiance and we're watching 1883 and we're just sitting on the couch and the dogs are playing and I'm like, I'm, I'm happy. Like I, I lock that away in here and in here. And I think of that, or like even yesterday after work, my, who, the guy I'm working with is my best friend. So it was a Friday afternoon. It was snowing all over. Like, Hey, we need to go have a, a corporate meeting and grab a cigar. <laughs> so we, You know, we cut out a couple of release, grabbed the corporate, we had a corporate meeting and had a cigar. And I'm just like, I'm happy. And 
those are those times where I was talking about like I value and I keep them like in here and in here because those are the things having been angry and been depressed and lowly and lonely that I can say I've now experienced the opposite and I want to remember that and I want to cherish that and I want to value that yeah you can do that too but can you still describe me what being happy is like how I would describe it is fulfillment okay that's not happiness though like what's that emotion of happy what what is that what is that if you if you get put it into words it's not when you're when you feel your mouth start to crack a smile and you feel like you're just like you're overjoyed that's a different emotion happiness is like this no that, yeah it's joy yeah as much as you might say you want to take focus in it i don't think you really i don't think your brain really records that i think your brain puts the things that are going to make you more aware dangers evolutionary things from being primal as a person where you had to watch the campfire at night when monsters or not monsters but animals are out there when you got to build up survival instincts i think that's instilled into you and i i think the only true time you're ever really going to understand happiness is maybe the concept of when society just doesn't have issues but there's always going to be issues you see it's like a double-edged sword that's life life is just ironic in that aspect if you fucking I don't know if you want to go to the beach, it ends up raining the day you're off to go to the beach. Like it's, it's just, that's just how life is. It's, it's a weird fucking, it's like dark humor a little bit. It's got a little bit of like, Oh, I get it. Like, that's very ironic that it's this and that it's that, but you got to understand it's like, that's kind of how life works. Like, or maybe instead of going to the beach because it rains on your way there, you stop at the record store and you find the super rare copy of Jesus and Mary Chain's Darklands That's and you're like, too. hey, I'm gonna go ahead and, and I'm gonna go home and this day isn't a wash because I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this and I'm gonna you I'm think gonna, you do you know? think when Meatloaf died that he wanted to have a bunch of people just putting up pictures of meatloaf on their fucking Facebook page. A lot of people would say, no, that's horrible. But then maybe for him he was like, it's fucking perfect. I can tell you this being a music journalist for I, I was a music journalist for like eight years. Did you work for and, the Rolling Stone? No, I they primarily suck. work for myself. They suck. I was going to shit on them. So yeah, good. I got no, I, I, They're not I, even I music to, anymore. I've seen I more fucking up that, cooking yeah, tips. It was the me. same thing with MTV, you know, I 16 and pregnant going back to your, <laughs> what, what you said earlier. Yeah. I like Anthony DeCurtis was the, um, um, the editor in chief of Rolling Stone all throughout my adolescence. I'm like, I want to be like this guy when he grew up. But then when I grew up and I had an opportunity on a very, very, very small scale to be that guy, I, I hated myself because of it. My larger point being is that a lot of these, these people, men or women, in that line uh, of work, I would say the vast majority of them, there's this narcissistic streak in them that would completely get off on yeah, I want to be adored and idolized and, and, and worshiped and, you know, look at me, I'm on the stage or whatever. So I, yeah, I think, I don't know Meatloaf, never worked with him. I met him once. I never worked with him, but um, seemed like a nice dude. Uh, signed the thing. I, you know, said, Hey, meet, will you sign this and whatever? I was at a thing, but nonetheless, um, yeah, I'm sure they would because that's just part of the makeup of those kind of people generally speaking i think everyone has their day where they don't have their armor on i've heard oh yeah i've heard george carlin so many times everyone always say he was like so funny and so cool and i remember he did a radio interview i heard someone talk about um, i think it was 
Anthony Cumia talked about it, but they, he just didn't want to talk to them. He had his newspaper up and some like intern was like, I'm a huge fan. Like when he was like big, and I guess he was like kind of like getting close to maybe the end, but he was like, can you sign this for me? The dude pulled, put down his newspaper, looked at him in the eyes and then put his newspaper back up and put his feet on the coffee table. Like, fuck you. And it was like, yeah, you know what? Everyone has their bad days, but at the same time, it's like that person that was their first impression of you. And now they probably just stopped buying your stuff. So there's a cause and effect that happens. And I think that's with anything. Like I tell people, well, that's I, why you never want to meet your, your, your heroes. <laughs> I don't, th I don't think I've ever been disappointed by meeting. I don't think I've Actually, ever really I, met I a haven't hero. either, but I don't have heroes. I, I've had the opportunity when I was music journalist to work and be friends. Some people like I genuinely looked up to like all my life and, and they were this, just the coolest people. So I can't really say that, but you know, I, then again, I've met some other people I worked with that were just complete asses. So, so you caught them but, on a good, you caught them on a good day or you caught them on a bad day. Maybe I did maybe, but I, with, Two or three of them, particularly, um, there were relationships that were. Uh, I don't want to really want to. Okay. I'm not. I'm not Can making you tell anything me the up. Band? I mean, a, I'll tell you the initials of one of the bands. What is it? Uh, CC. So. Um, Credence. No, they're C, and C. The their letters of the band are. The first word is C, and the second word is C. I know, Cle Cre Credence Clearwater. Well, I know you think I'm old, but I'm not that old that I was working as a journalist when. <laughs> Dude, I wasn't. Fuck, I gotta Google it. That's okay, but but the larger point being is I I interviewed him, uh, and then you know we became friends on Facebook. He has a secret Facebook account, and and then for years afterwards, every time that they came into town would give me an invite backstage and say, Hey, what song you want to hear tonight? And, and put a song on the, um, cannibal corpse. Yeah, that's exactly who it was. I knew it wasn't that. <laughs> Why the fuck did I say it? <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's just, it's all relative, but I, with, you know, with that gentleman, particularly, or that band, particularly, they, they were consistently sweethearts to me. Uh, very, ACDC. No, I never worked with them. You said it's not. Sorry, so it's not Credence. Come on, just tell me the first. Just tell me the first uh, name. I can get that after that. Okay, oh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you this. There's um there's an animal. One of the one of the words is an animal. One of the words is an animal. Yep. That doesn't fucking help me at all. What, what I know. What what time time period? Well, I interviewed them in the well eighties nineties. What band type of band are they? Hair metal. They had they they've had consistently big hits the nineties the two thousands the two thousand tens. My dad was in a commercial um, with Kiss, and those were his lifelong heroes since he was a child, I, and he was I disappointed. Met, I met Paul Stanley and Tommy Thayer. Actually, I was at an event and, and Paul Stanley and Tommy Thayer walked up to me and just started talking. And I didn't realize who they were until about uh, two or three minutes in the conversation. And it dawned on me, I'm like, oh my God, that's Paul Stanley. Um, <laughs> he was a lot shorter than I thought he was going to be, but. Those boots, man. 
Yeah, well, you're not wrong. I don't. So. I don't I, I'm not going to be able to. You said it starts with an animal. I'll let I'll let you know afterwards. This is bullshit. I know. Hey, that's but you know you're you're my buddy, so I can I can share those kind of things. I'm just but, like um, racking my brain now, like dude. I'm. You're gonna to, kick your, You're you're literally gonna kick yourself in the ass after. There's a little. There's a little like monkey with symbols that's just going through a record store right now, just flicking his hands through every single artist in my brain right now, trying to find what this fucking album is to pull out. Be like, oh, this one. Yeah, you you will definitely kick yourself in the in the tuchus once I tell you. But Avenge Sevenfold. It doesn't even start no. with a CC. I'm surprised it took. You actually thought about it, or you're just saying? No, I, I'm like, no, I'm like, oh, uh, it was Counting Crows. Counting Crows. The first one is yeah. not an animal. It's a. It's I didn't a, tell you it was the first. I didn't say it was the first one. You said, I just said we got to rewind names. the tape. Rewind the That's tape. You know who I met? <laughs> you know who I met was awesome. Who's that? Steve Harvey. I Cleveland dude. I bet he is. Good people come from Cleveland. He uh, let me take my thumb and press it on his teeth and wipe it. He also paid me 250 to take a windshield wiper and wipe his teeth every time he would talk. Wipe. Clear the, you know how you clear the front part of your head? Okay. Right? <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm like, what? Why the hell would Steve so Harvey, why would Steve Harvey let you put your hand in his mouth? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Why did Bill Cosby have people tuck him in? Hey, why did he buy up all the little rascals? You know, what really sucks on the thing, the thing with Bill Cosby is I love that the he Cosby fucking show growing up. molested he, a yeah. lot of people. Well, I mean, outside of that, yeah, I mean, selfishly for me because I'm not, you know, my narcissistic trait. Like, I love the Cosby show growing up, but now, you know, you can't talk about it. It's like, it's like the same thing with like Dukes of Hazard. Like, I used show. to love the, I used to love the Dukes of Hazard, but I've had so many people when I tell them that. Like, oh, you must be a hillbilly and bred racist. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not any of those. It's very <laughs> just, weird. I have how... memories as a kid on Friday nights, sitting in front of the TV with pizza, watching the General Lee jump or know. you know do whatever. You know, but... it sucks. There's a lot of things that I feel like people just like they it, it gets labeled and sucked into a category. It's like, no, that's not like anything Trump said. If you even reiterate a word he's ever said in the dictionary. You're immediately like fucking what? And then you're lumped into a category. It's like, man, maybe that's not what like, I don't know. Well, it's that hypersensitivity and it's the lack. Of, like when I said earlier, like pulling the plank out of your eye before this or uh, the plank out of your eye before the speck out of your, your brothers or whomever. Like we all say dumb stuff. We all say stupid stuff. We all say stuff we regret. What? What moral superiority does somebody have over another to lord over them a mistake or, or like you know, bringing up Joe Rogan? Um, like he said something and he regrets it. It was, you know, I've said a bunch of stuff that, you know, I, of course, I'm not a celebrity, but it's part of evolving and it's part of growing and it's part of maturing. The jokes that you found funny when you were 12. Well, I don't know. I, I think dick and fart jokes are hilarious. You but, think mandated? Um, you think mandated beers with people, or maybe just a drink with someone? You think that would warm people up and get people to like really talk about? Like, I bet you, you could pair me up with like some person that is just 
ready to be like, like there are times I'm in a chat and someone goes, well, it was mostly the men who ravaged the whole tribe in the city. And then they go like this. And as a dude, I'm just like, I'm sorry. They're like, sorry for what? And it's like, well, I'm a guy. So I can see it heading towards like, you need to apologize for having a dick, which I've had conversations that were like that. That's a hundred percent true. We all know someone like that who probably does something, maybe has the bang haircut, you know, what looks like a lampshade. Can I say that? To Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. Uh, yeah. I don't. Well, for but, me, it goes back to individual well, on, accountability. Let me, get, let me get my point. Oh, okay, my point sorry, is, sorry. I think if you just had like a mandated drink with people, like if you had to sit, like everyone, like like if I sat down with one of these, whoever, someone that is ready, like to just throw pain on someone, I don't care. I just sit. I bet sit on have a beer. No, you need to do no, have a beer. What? Have a beer. We're going to sit and have a beer. That's cool. Whatever you got, I'm going to listen to. We're going to talk and have beer like fucking people. I feel like in a lot of, if that was mandated where you had maybe some type of person with a sniper rifle like on your fucking head, like you got to at least have the beer. You can fight, but you better have that fucking beer. I guarantee to you, once you start realizing this person isn't what you built them up into your head to be, because everyone just broad blankets people. Like you think racists are all these people. Like, dude, there was a commercial for a KKK documentary that was coming out from it's coming out on like Netflix or something like that. There's just people lighting crosses in the middle of a lawn. And it was in a colored version, like an actual, like full on, like you're it, talking uh, a color television set. Yes. Like, not, it was filmed in color. Okay. Why did your mind go there? You nasty bastard. Um, no, I, I'm under, I want to understand what you're saying, but I was like, you understand that's a reenactment, right? So they hired actual fucking actors um, to yeah. film this fucking scene. So like, that's gotta be weird in itself to be an actor thinking you're going to make it yeah, to Hollywood and become the next Brad Pitt. And now you're dressing up in fucking <laughs> to do some fucking documentary that 10 people are going to see. I, I, I watched, was I, I was watching Django and Shane the other night in that scene where they're talking about the guy's wife cut the, the, um, the holes in the hood wrong and it um do we have to wear them while we're riding yeah um if that didn't make everyone laugh i mean that was just like comedic relief in a very serious situation but you know what's funny quentin tarantino gets a pass for all that for some reason i don't know why because he doesn't give a fuck i've heard his interviews he just doesn't care you when you were talking about you should you know say there's i don't know like uh, mitch mcconnell and nancy pelosi you just sit down and have a drink I don't know, which I'm sure they do, because let's just face it, they're really on the same side. But it reminds me, I saw a commercial, it was a, this had to be three, four years ago, and it was Sean Penn and Kid Rock. And the whole thing, it was like a a political, like a rock the vote kind of a commercial or something like that. And they're, they're obviously on different ends of the political spectrum. But it was talking about like, they went like to the beach, and then they went bowling, or they um they, you know they're doing all these things that you wouldn't expect two guys like that to do and they i think they may have had a drink you know they may have had a, a wine or beer or, you know whatever it was but when you were saying that it kind of reminded me of that i think that's a really good concept but in regards to the this um the political climate everything is so divisive and so hypersensitive i just wonder because it's not so much having a conversation with somebody. This is what I'm learning right now in, in my life. It's about effectively communicating. You and I are effectively communicating. We have a rapport. You know, I like to think you're my friend. But you're my friend. Somebody who, oh, but but somebody who 
you know, once again, using that staunch Republican, staunch Democrat, are they going to be able to effectively communicate so that somebody can say, hey, I have this position on this because this is how I see it, you know, or, or are they going to throw bombshells and accusations at one another? Well, that's what I the think, debates allow them to do. Yeah, and like those aren't scripted, but nonetheless, um, there there is that conspiracy theory part of mine coming well, through. But you just, you just need someone to be able to mediate these good. Like I think you're well, a great I, candidate for it. Exactly, but now that. See, I could be a great reason. candidate for it. I just don't have any I you just it's about letting people talk. I don't have like I said I don't fucking care about anything as much. I mean there's only very few things. Anything with children, but even then I'm like, okay, all right, are we going to invade a pizza shop all cuz we think this is going on? But I don't know. That's the thing. I don't right. know. But then you then you bring I'll up watch. the whole Epstein uh Ghislaine Maxwell thing and we know that that was not maybe in a pizza shop, but we know that kind of stuff was going on, but it's going on everywhere. You know, people, the CIA has like 25 uh, no, years of history with pedophilia that nobody fucking talks about. Right. And that's that's one of my two hard lines. You know, you talk about kids. I'm like, you know, if anyway, I don't know. I, I would I, I just wonder sometimes if we've really crossed the Rubicon. And I'm going to think more nationally, not globally, like as a civilization in America, I wonder if we've really crossed the Rubicon to where we're on this path to self-destruction. And I personally am under the persuasion that once America goes dark, if you will, I think the rest of the world is going to fall into this weird, it's going to be a weird, like dystopic Mad Max beyond Thunderdome kind of a thing. Um, You know, it's like children of men meets Mad Max. Um, Bill, you got to plug your links here. Uh, We're way past what I said I was able to do. Oh my gosh, we totally are. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Dude. it's all good. Um, uh, flawcast, I told you, man. If you would have hurried up I, quicker, we could have did a sorry, longer dude. chat. I'm sorry, brother. I I'm now the sorry. people are gonna miss out. Yeah, well, that just means we we'll have to do this again. Um, and I'm so glad you're back, man. Seriously, I know, I know you you took a break. I'm so glad you're back. I missed you, but uh, we're uh, flawcast, flawcast CLE. Uh, we're everywhere you can listen to podcasts, um, Spotify, um, Apple, Google Play, wherever. Uh, we're on Rumble, Flawcast, Flawcast CLE, Flawed Inc. Uh, we're on Parlor, we're on Gab, we're on Getter, just got on Getter because um, of Joe Rogan. But um, yeah, that's Flawed Inc. too. Uh, and my book, which I got a copy here, um, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. Uh, please check that out. Uh, it's on Amazon. I love for you to get a copy because my dog has to eat. So, and I'm getting married. So I got to, you know, or that's okay. Yes, sir. I'll link it all in the description. Thanks for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank. Stay tuned for next episode.